Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. Miami is pure comedy to Mario Ramil, and he uses it to make us laugh. Mario makes comedy videos to comment on the absurdity of living in South Florida. He does it in the voices of the people he sees around him. He creates characters that sound like us, and his social media audiences of hundreds of thousands, they love it. Mario plays the fed-up real estate agent, the nosy neighbor, and Rodrigo the weatherman says exactly what we're thinking about the hurricane. Hurricane Idalia is on its way. Now, according to the spaghetti projections, it could go that way, it could go this way, it could go that way. Because look, it's missing Miami because Miami is too saturated. And of course, he gives life advice as the patron saint of these Miami streets, Pitbull. I call politics, politics. That's truth. <laughs> What happens in life, life is too short. No hago un sabado lo que puedo hacer con un chancletazo. Oite, what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, uh, none of us knows what that means. Anyway, Mario's comedy crosses over between generations. Listen close. You might recognize him as the voice of Pollo Tropical. And no, bro, he doesn't try to hide his Miami accent. To talk to us about how Miami makes him laugh is Mario Ramil. Bienvenido a serie. Wow. <laughs> Welcome, wow. I want that intro. I want to take that intro for every other interview that I do from now on. That is available for a price. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm what just a saying. salesman, this guy. I'm just saying, listen. Thank you for that. Support public radio. Always do, dude. Always <laughs> have, even since a little girl. When I woke up to the show. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, we just went down the rabbit hole on your Instagram. Yeah. We started in the Instagram because, like, I'm not boomer aged, but you know, I am the I am the generation that gets it two weeks after TikTok. Yeah, you got that beautiful Jorge Ramo hair. Oh, I appreciate you saying yeah. that. I'm yeah. still waiting for it to, you know, if I had the thickness of the. You're hair. getting into your wisdom. The the when the when the girls are like, oh, he he's maybe maybe not the cute thing, but now you're like wise. You got that like wise kind of look. Interesante. I like yeah, you're interesante, dude. Like you've been through things, you know. I appreciate that. No I problem. appreciate no that. No problem. Well, the, the the radio audience can build their own. Sculpt, image sculpt their own image <laughs> <laughs> i love that your characters are i mean like we know with like all great comedy it's it requires a lot of scripting but i feel like there's so much you yeah in those characters talk to me about some of that about like this idea of you know how you tried like to, the inspiration behind some of these characters i will say and i like that you took that from from my my comedy i've never actually you know, not to be Jay-Z or Lil Wayne here, but I've never actually scripted anything. Okay. I've never actually sat down. And it's not not for lack of trying. It just doesn't come to me in that way, you know? So when I do a sketch, and I'm not, not so much in stand-up. I've tried to kind of organize my thoughts in stand-up. Mm-hmm. But as far as um, uh, uh, the sketch world comes, it, I flip the camera over and, and I just start recording. The ideas come first, you know, there's maybe like a punchline mm-hmm. or something. In that case, I saw like a, in the Pitbull case, which by the way, you played, beautiful. Uh, shout out to my boy, Amando. Amando. Uh, Mr. Pitbull, Mr. 305. Um, uh, I got threatened for that one. What do you uh, mean you got no, threatened? No, I'm kidding. No, he's great. <laughs> actually, a friend of mine, which will remain nameless, sent it to Pitt and he actually laughed at it. So shout out to Pitt. All right. I appreciate on. you, buddy. Uh, 305. Dale. Dale. He's a, he's, a, he's a spirit animal of our show, although he's. He, he represents all of us, man. He's, he's a great guy. And, uh, and so I did that skit and it was from watching one of his interviews, you know, where he's very knowledgeable and he, he has that 305 wisdom. He's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, lo mismo, you know, un viejo en casocio, un casocio, viejo. And you're like, wait, what? what yeah. And uh, and so, so yeah, that's it comes from that. You know, right. it could come from a small little something happens in front of you and you go, oh, that's kind of funny. Maybe I could turn that into something. And then, you know, eventually it just becomes a skit, you know? Right. 
Who was the who was the comedian that made you laugh? The one that made you love comedy, dude. So so there's a few that so there's like a trajectory here of of how I kind of became who I am today, right? Okay. Uh, early years, my mother, who's here with me, by She's the way, in the, in the studio. Shout out to mom. Que Dios la bendiga. She is here, by the way. She doesn't come to anything I do. Because she's a nervous older Cuban lady. And you're always going to die if you leave the house. But somehow I got her to WLRN. She thought she was going to meet Mr. Rogers. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Rest in peace. Um, was he part of WLRN? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he, I'm just talking about Of course he was. Yeah, so. he's public public TV. Of Listen, we all, we all embrace public TV, public Absolutely. radio. Yeah, Absolutely. Public Sesame media, Street? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of ours? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one of loved ours. It. Okay, well, she, she thought she was going to meet uh, Snuffleupagus and Mr. Rogers. Sorry, Mommy. They're not here. But... She came here, and, and I appreciate This is the first for me. She hasn't been to a lot of these things with me. Um, but she was one of the first to show me uh, I Love Lucy, Charlie Chaplin. She loved the older comedies. We're, we're big movie buffs in, in my house. Okay, so you spent a lot of time looking at watching old, uh, older programs. I, I didn't know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, mom, my mom loved all the early stuff. Um, and so that kind of started, you know, I would see my mom laugh and my grandfather laugh and my uncle and they would talk about these things and um, Three Stooges, Tres Padini. These were all, I didn't know it at the time, but they were starting to form me a little. Right, because you know? your bits are a bit of that mix of of like there's that, like you said, the one-liner, the inter- intellectual comedy and a bit of the physical God comedy. God bless you, dude. Yeah, a bit <laughs> of the, you. the physical comedy is in there too. So like the mixing of there's those There's a few things. elements of all of that, you know, yeah. um, and, and thank you for that. Yeah, and then, and then later on, I guess in my own time, I found, and I was thinking about this the other day, I found this must have been maybe seventh grade to eighth grade summer. I found, I think it was called Que Local Comedy Jam. Or something. Interesting. It was um so like 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 comedy span like in Spanish or Spanglish or the mix of they, languages. I think was... they just so happened to be Latino. You know, it was like Paul Rodriguez, Gabriel Iglesias, mm-hmm. George Lopez. Uh, I think you know, Carlos Mencia. It, it was different Hispanic Latino comedians. Not necessarily were they doing Spanish bits. But, but they were, but, but they were Latino back Right. Did something about that speak to you in a way that, like, uh, you know, you're pre Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was like the comedy comedian right. that I saw coming up. Um, did that speak to you in a way that maybe you didn't realize or did realize, like, oh, these guys are also I'm, I'm sh- Latin background? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a few things they might have said. For example, George Lopez with the putazo and this and that. His grandmother and the little Spanish plugs he would he would he would drop in that I'm like, huh, that's um. You know, I'm Cuban, he's Mexican, so it wasn't exactly... But I'm like, that's interesting that he brought that into this American audience. I, I remember that sticking out. Oh, right, like this idea that, uh, oh, comedy isn't a thing that exists in a vacuum. It's built from right. my own experiences in my neighborhood, my, right. my nosy neighbor. Writing what you know, and, and, mm. and I saw that in them. And then around high school, uh, was it high school? Yeah, around, yeah, ninth grade, I, uh, I had a, a, an ex-girlfriend... Um, and she's like, yo, there's this guy that's coming out that I think he, he, he reminds me of you a lot hmm. and, and you got to see him. It's on comedy blend. I recorded it. That's when you could record things <laughs> and, uh, save them right. on TV. Right. And, uh, TiVo it, right? yeah, TiVo it. And she was like, um, he's just interesting. He reminds me of you. You should go come and check it out. So I went to her house that night and she put it on and here's this skinny dude with frosty hair and a tank top jumping all over the stage sweating i've never seen i even know you could do comedy like that and it was dane cook 
And this was peak Dane before the hate, before all the dumb stuff. Okay, so I, I'm seeing some parallels because he played he played a little bit of the bro. Like he was bro, a little bro-ish. Bro yeah. comedian, right? Like yeah. like bro Northeastern yeah. kind of comedian. And then I, I see a little bit of uh, some bro South Florida comedian <laughs> in that character. There is a little bit of that, maybe yeah. even more so in my youthful days. But, uh, but definitely... I started watching. Uh, he was he was a uh, he was a he was just an anomaly, right? He was just he came out of nowhere. People were like, "Who? What is this thing?" You know, because up to that point, I you know, and and other comics have done it different ways, but I've never seen someone so energetic talking about things that they were a little sillier than the you know. He wasn't talking about marriage and kids and this. And then he's talking about Burger King drive-throughs and how to order. So he kind of I related to that. You know, I was in high school. Because it's like a, it's like the cultural element. He was talking about the the culture of the place that he grew up in, right? And and it's kind of what you do, like you, right. like all the videos are, like even you know you can tell it what you're getting into with with the little um, the information graphic at the beginning of the the, the title frame or whatever. <laughs> right. It's like this is like if you have a Cuban contractor, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this because I know I'm gonna, right? I'm gonna relate to to having have had a, a Cuban co- contractor. Well, that's point. my um, that's my clickbaity. Uh, stuff that I've had to learn through social media. You gotta, you gotta, you entice the people. You got to. Yeah. And then after Dane, I, I came across which I think really shaped me the most, the the Chappelle show. Oh yeah, of it course. It was just I didn't know it again at the time, but I'm like, what is this this form of comedy? What is this thing? Like this, uh, the sketch comedy. The sketch comedy. What gotcha. what is what exactly? And even before that, now that I'm thinking, damn. All right, so even um. Uh, Urgenio de Bes, you know Urgenio? I got nothing on that one. Urgenio de Bes also had he's okay. a I th- I believe he's a Mexican comedian. And when I was younger too, he had a sketch show too. But whatever. So point is that all started shaping me. Um, I I believe now looking back to who I am today, you know, definitely Chappelle, Cook, um, some Eddie Murphy movies. You know, I wasn't exactly the raw era like you yeah, said yeah, was yeah, a little no, you're before a younger me. Guy than I am. But the movies, Nutty Professor, all that, you know, that that all did in uh inspire me, you know? Right. Tell me about those times where you created something and you and it really blew up. You know, where you really you noticed that you were not just in your bedroom making a making right. a video for yourself and maybe your friends, but like somebody outside had discovered you and what you were trying to say. Yeah. I think the first one that did it for me was the Cuban doctor. Okay. I and that's a character Cuban you've been doing for a few years, right? Well, now, yeah. Oh, I bring him out from retirement from time to time uh, to diagnose somebody. But Well, let me tell you this. Yeah. I've had this pain mm-hmm. in my back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Eh, me está matando. Like, right. I, cada vez que me siento, every time uh-huh. I sit down, and when I stand up, yes. what do you? What should I do for that? Well, you got to stop carrying this 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 whole public radio on your back. Oh. That's what it is, baby. You right. know? <laughs> That's a plug for you, right there, dude. I Come on now. You get glass of medicina. Oh. What kind of medicine should I take for that? Uh, you want to take the the Flintstone pills? Okay. The little Flintstone vitamins. Those are good for uh, erectile dysfunction. Oh, those good. are good for uh, skin. All right. Actually, hair growth. You were talking a little bit about that earlier. Um, it actually helps with a lot of things. This is like every commercial I get on Hulu now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Our guest today is Mario Ramil. He's a comedian, actor, and a full time dad. And you can find him on Instagram at Mario Ramil Comedy. And you're going, you're going, to, are you going Instagram I live right now? I just did a quick little video. Okay. That's it. Don't All hurt right. me. All right. Quick videos are okay. okay. That's fine. Even okay. Instagram live. I, I don't care. I don't, oh, really? Yeah. It oh. doesn't matter. Open up a whole box of worms, a can of worms right now, dude. <laughs> After the next break, it's going to get crazy. Gotcha. Here. 
So do I have to have my pants on for this? For this sec- You're wearing pants? <laughs> okay, oh, all right. I all right. like Listen, that, dude. I like that you dressed it up. That's there nice. you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> we do, you just lost your job, dude. I'm sorry. I did, you know I'm what? sorry. I've had a nice run. Yeah, you did. I've had a nice run. This is a good show. Um, you, so you grew up in, in Hialeah. Born and um, raised. Yeah. Who was the funniest person in your life growing up? Ooh, good question. Who were the people that made you laugh, not on TV, but in your life kind of around you? Damn, that's a good question. You know, it's one of those things where like, there is kids in school that you're like, dude, if you just tapped into this thing, you could have been a great comedian. Um, my uncle was a very goofy, funny dude. That's so interesting. He never took anything serious. Um, Shout out to Theo's name. Mario Ramil. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding? Are you <laughs> named after your Theo uncle? Ramil. I'm named after my grandfather, Mario. Oh, and he named his son Mario and then uh, and then me. But... um. But uh, yeah, so so he he was one of the early ones where I'm like this 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 guy is funny and he didn't have all the uh, the tools to be the funny guy. He was six six bodybuilder, you know. He had more going for him than just the funny guy. You know, is what I'm saying. Like we use it as a tool, you know. But um, what was it that made him funny? Was he is he just he didn't take himself very seriously or was he deadpan? It was, was just his? that. No, it was it was just he was a you know. And I mean that with love. He was he was a goofy dude. Right. Maybe maybe his 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 look yeah. didn't. Um, you wouldn't think he would be that that goofy of a dude. But he just never took anything serious. Any serious, we would break down on the road and you know, whatever, driving back at night or whatever. And he still made it. He found something funny about it, and maybe the way he stuck his thumb out or whatever. He was just a goofy, and to this day, he's just a he's just a fun dude to be around. And and he was definitely one, and and uh, friends in school, Alex. Um, shout out to Alex. Shout out to my boy Alex Sarah. He was such a funny dude, um, a good dude too. And and I had friends like that all through through school, through my school years, where I was just like, man, you're, if if I mean, I didn't know I want to be a freaking uh, freaking stand up comedian, but um, but now looking back, I'm like, dude, if they if they would have stuck, if they would have somehow found that, it would have been ten times funnier than me, you know. Do you think, what do you think it is that helped you find the comedy in things? Uh, a void. Hmm. A void. An emptiness. Well, like, why? Die. Like, oh, oh, yeah. that got dark How really fast. It is WLRN. There's the deep sessions. <laughs> um, then this transitions into some Neil deGrasse Tyson thing that you Exactly. Guys that'll be, that'll yeah, be coming yeah, yeah. up next. Science Friday. Um, <laughs> no, dude. I, you know, I, I think early on, I, I did go through some, some life stuff. You know, um, father wasn't there. Mom had two boys. We grew up pretty poor. Um, so your your uncle in that way was a lot. Was it sounds like he was an outsized influence in your life? Then he was. He was a very very much a father figure. You know, I think there's always that in 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 immigrants. I think right. We we have some some darkness to us because of what we've been through and where we came from. But ultimately, especially in my family, we've been able to kind of find. My mom's a really funny person you know my, my my brother is 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 has his funny moments like we've all my grandfather was a really funny dude too in his own old cuban you know macho kind of it's okay hey and that kind of you know way and um and i think it's that i think we are just we come living a communist you know leaving a communist country leaving everything behind coming to the states um there, there's tr- find, finding that that comedy and trauma right like turning trauma into something that's funny i think that's what it is i yeah. think that's that's the best type of comedy that you could relate to 
Um, it's truthful. You know, you see yourself in it. And I think everyone in my family had a little bit of that. You know, when when I hear you do your grandfather's voice, mm -hmm. I I know that that inspired some characters. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. He he uh, <laughs> he was um, effortlessly funny. You know right. what I'm saying? It wasn't him and every single man of that age, woman, man, any every Cuban that I met around that his era, his his age was just the same. Just things bothered them. They were vocal about it. Right. And it's the it's the not meaning to be funny, which is what struck you as that's funny. That's the best part. Right. You know, that's the best. The zipper was always down for some reason, you know, accidentally. <laughs> the Wyoming, I was always dirty. The handkerchief, he'd blow his nose in since the Batista era, you know. Right. Um, They're just funny by default people. And it's one of those things like you... You had to you when you take that out, right? You have to step back and see it from a distance, right? And that's it, that seems to be kind of what you do in your comedy. Like, folks, take a look at this. Can we really look at this? Yeah, right? yeah. I think I think, and I you know, and, and I think that's why I've been able to build this this career because, you know, going back to the Cuban doctor thing, um, that was my the Cuban doctor was my doctor growing up. Okay, his name he was a hundred and fifty years old. <laughs> And he was in East Hialeah. His name was Dr. Lehil. Okay. And, but, and by in the way, Cuba, he was a doctor. In Cuba, not only was he a doctor, but he was a gynecologist. He was a mechanic. He was a veterinarian. He, was, he did a million things. <laughs> and here he continues the tradition. Uh, by the way, he was also the, the, you know, when you knock on the window, the, the nurse, that's when you check in, when you knock on a little window, uh -huh. hey, we're here to, he was that. He was also and the then receptionist. He, <laughs> you told me, yeah, yeah, la cuadra, yeah. All right, so sit down. And then he would also open the door and then walk into the back, and he was the doc. He yes. was a one-man shop. He was a one-man show. And wow. so he was the doctor. You would walk in with your 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 bones sticking out of your knee. He's like, ah, hi, hey, so, toma un telenor. And you're like, this. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it, right? I think you, it's a little more, you know, needs more attention than that. But I just remember Thinking that's a funny character. Like, this guy's funny. This this guy that downplays that downplays all the things, the, the ailments that you come in with. This guy's interesting. This guy, he had rings on, like big gold ruby kind of shiny, you know, uh, rings, and he was, I think he was maybe dead when he was still practicing. <laughs> he was just so f old. Weekend at Bernie's type of thing. That's a throwback. So yeah. old. All the plaques were slightly not. Even on the wall, <laughs> even you know, um, horrible handwriting. When um, did this? When did it dawn on you that like, okay, this is comedy? Like, as as you're going through it, or later as you're in the beginning, back? it was just scary, dude. That's my doctor <laughs> trauma. <laughs> yeah, comedy. Be right, comedy. dude. Be right about what you're saying about me. Right. Um, but ultimately, yeah, you look back and you go, you go, that's a character, right? And so, again, going back to what you had said. The Cuban doctor was the first time that I it was it was one of my first sketches, right? It, and by the way, I I remember as a kid saying I like I like put things in archives as a, as a, as a kid. I remember thinking like, man, I I could one day be a a meteorologist, a funny kooky meteorologist or man, I could I could do a funny radio host or maybe I could do a maybe I could do like a Cuban doctor, like my Cuban doctor. Yeah, and at the time it wasn't a Cuban doctor; it was just the doctor. The doctor, right? You know. And then when I did the skit, and this is this is you know again this is what I think made me uh, popular in 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 our town uh, is that 
I didn't know it then, but that doctor was pretty much everyone's doctor. Oh, that's funny. Like you're, it was the neighborhood doctor. It was the the like, neighborhood doctor. Whether it, whether oh, it was that guy or not. A lot of not. people are having that experience is what you're yes, saying. Yes, oh, yes. And I didn't know that then. And, and I feel like that's been a theme in my comedy since that I just did a skit about my doctor. And and it, so there has to be a, a moment where you, you kind of, t- there's a leap of faith. Maybe other people feel this way. Not at the time. Not at the time. At the time, it was just a sketch. This is, I'm going to do a three minute sketch about some guy going into a, a, a doctor's office. He's 25. He's having anxiety. He's freaking out about life. And the doctor's just like, yo, man the hell up. I'm going to give you a prescription of man the hell up. <laughs> that's the that's what he writes on the prescription. Yeah, a little up. more graphic than that. But yes, he he kind of, he th- that was it. And so I remember later that week. So the, so the sketch blew up. This you know, put me in the year, more or less. 2015, 14, okay. 15. Okay. So a few years back, um, almost a decade now. But I remember that week. I had tickets to go see the Eagles in concert. Okay. Right? I didn't know. This is how... I didn't know that what you did online... Again, this is almost a decade ago. What you did online translated into real life. I, I, I thought only like Hollywood actors, musicians, you know, these people that have these careers... For some reason, and again, this was pre-influencer, all that. Now mm-hmm. it's a career. You could you take pictures of your feet and sell them for thousand dollars, right? Which, by the way, if the show ever goes wrong, you could listen. I have a whole list of things. Uh-huh. I'm gonna put that on it. So, um, <laughs> so, so, uh, so I was at the Eagles concert, and I'm going down one of the platforms, and people are coming up, you know, mm-hmm. going find, trying to find our seats, and some guy locks eyes with me. By this time, it's been a week. The video's gone, quote unquote, viral. In on what platform? It was primarily on on Facebook. Okay. So it was like 1.2 million, and I'm like, holy moly! But again, I didn't know what that, that meant. You didn't know. I what didn't that know meant. what that meant. I just right. thought it was people saw it while they were uh, taking a poop on the toilet, you know. <laughs> um, and as I'm walking down the platform, the guy's going up in the opposite way. He locks eyes with me, and he does that point, like he points at my soul, and he goes, "Dude." You're so funny. And I'm like, at the first time he pointed, I thought I owed this guy money. It was just so <laughs> passionately pointing at me. I'm like, what? how does he? And then he said, dude, you're so funny. And then he kept going up. He just, he just disappeared. And I look at my girl and I'm like, did that, what the, what the hell was that? And she's like, I think he recognized you. And then it, it's, it's, it, it hit me. I'm like, oh crap. Like that, what I did online <laughs> I don't know that sounds silly, but what I did online, real people in real life are watching. They're 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 taking that in. There was this, uh, a realization that you could you could create, you right. could be a comedian in a in a way that wasn't uh in a new way, right? In a way that that was more accessible. Exactly. And it it, it tapped directly into the consumer. Like it wasn't I could see it. I could see it in real time. Ha 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 ha. Right, as opposed to doing a sketch show on 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 TV, and yeah, you get the numbers back instant and this and that. Feedback. You're having instant. It was instant. Feedback. It was instant, and there was something about that that just drove me and continues to drive me all these years. That I know if I think of something funny, and stand up's the same way, right? Like that one's even worse hmm. because I'll think of a skit today, right, about some guy that has a show on WLRN, 
And no, let's um, let's develop that yeah, later. Yeah. Seriously, and so I got you. And so you use it on stage, and that's an immediate. If you if your joke bombs, you'll know that in zero point one second. Right. And uh, that's a little terrifying. But but it's also it's the benefit of live anything, right? It's just like a it's just like a live radio, Amen. you know, a live a live uh, theater. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really really connect with the audience and you you have one of these you know deep dramatic lines and you really true truly connect with the audience, you'll see it. You'll see it, and 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 in turn, it it kind of it it gives you it gives you and what what that playwright wrote or what you wrote purpose Hmm. you know because people are you're invoking emotions with words with yourself with your being you know what more do you want out of life you know i see i go through and i see some of the comments on your instagram and i'm like that's willie chirino commenting on the birth of your daughter i'm still i'm still weird out about all the people that so again, social media is a weird place. But it makes comedy into something more interesting into what you're doing is very personal because like you you did like your your wife's whole pregnancy story on it and I'm like this is really personal. Yeah. What is that like to really open the door to your to your life like that? Well, I think in comedy in 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 what we do entertainment, I think people know when it's not genuine. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not really having fun doing this, eventually people will sense that. Maybe they won't Put their finger exactly on it, but they'll be like, "This guy's coming off a little weird," right? You know, or you something's not right. Something's not clicking. And with comedy, with what I do, podcasting, you know, you interviewing people, like, you have to be raw. It has to be raw. You know, um, there's a lot of static in the world. You know, there's a lot of gimmicky things. You know, I think when you find something that's truly uh, pure that's that's raw and you can tell there's no commercial quote-unquote element to it you know i'm not trying to sell you anything i just want you to peek into what i do and if that helps you in any way i've had people tell me like man i've had people tell me they've named their daughter after my daughter like that they thought that was a cool name because you because your daughter is a is a character and i want to get into her later a little bit too because uh she is she's got you beat man (laughs) kids kids have people have have uh actors beat in general but your kid has got you beat (laughs) that's good that's Um, good keep it in the family are you um so at at this time when you're discovering like hey this comedy that i'm doing people are are reacting to it are feeling it yeah what what were you doing right because you were working at like a straight job nine to five state attorney's office right yeah i was working at a place like this with inmates detectives and uh Lawyers. When you say a place like this, that that it that it smells like public middle school. It. Right. <laughs> well, I'm not dogging the place. It's just it's a serious work environment. Yeah. You know the sure. walls are gray. Mm-hmm. The doors are heavy. It, beige. Beige. Be- okay. okay. All right. That was your choice to paint the walls <laughs> that way. I, I, I get it. Um. You know. But yeah, it was a serious environment. You know. I would. I remember walking into an elevator to go up to the third floor to see Catherine. Shout out to Catherine Fernandez. And I walk in, and there's a dude that just murdered a whole family in the. In, in you know waiting to go look at a uh, or, you know do a deposition or something you know he's there with two detectives just me him and them and that's like a Tuesday okay you know so the duality of that that kind of life and it was like a Clark Kent thing right like it was like state by night you know penis jokes by <laughs> <laughs> state by day 
can I? Yeah, we lost the show. No, no, that's we fine. No, show. we're still our RFC, My God, RFC license is intact. So penis far. is okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So penis jokes at night. Yes. Yeah. So, so you were doing that both at the same time. Like, there's a point where you're <laughs> yeah. you're not jumping from one ice float to the other. You have like one foot on each one, yeah. right? And they're drifting apart. So what happened? Funny enough, is that then because of the sketches, because I was presenting myself in 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 different open mics, I was going to the improvs, um, and then the sketches were catching so much traction eventually people started recognizing me at this serious job at this serious desk job you know so oh that's funny i would walk in and people would tell my boss like isn't that doesn't that isn't that the cuban doctor guy <laughs> he's like and i wouldn't i wouldn't portray myself like i mean you know i'm in a, in a suit and you know so i would sit and and sometimes i, I would drive people crazy because my boss would be like hey mario eh, Tu hace comedia. I'm like comedy. What do you? No, dude. <laughs> Serious. I work at you know. Oh, DV. so there was a there was a tension point there where you're like, oh, these lives are maybe not. It compatible? made me feel weird because <laughs> you you know I'm trying to get coffee you know at three so I could stay up till five to finish my my you know my my work shift mm. and I'm in line and I could hear people whisper you know whispering behind me like that doesn't that guy he works here and so it made me feel weird because I. They, I, for some reason, they expect a comedian to be tap dancing and on a unicycle. And here I am with a with a suit and tie, and I'm kind of depressed and drinking coffee. And Carrying a Manila must... folder under your arm. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Nothing exactly. says straight laced job like a Manila folder. <laughs> exactly. And so it was weird. It was weird. So you're at this point in your career. Isn't this the point where people go to New York or go to Hollywood? What made you stay? Well, I, I, oh, I, I think I just told you. You know, I. I was getting recognized at a freaking Eagles concert where no one should recognize me. You know, I'm, I'm some kid from Hialeah. You know, I. You're excited to see me, and then it then it turned into, man, it would be really cool if I could get a picture with you, and then it was like, hey man, we sit around and watch your stuff. Hey man, when are you gonna be at the Improv? Hey man, when are you doing a show? So I slowly started seeing that kind of that that mentality of like, okay, you're. You're you're catching some traction now. It's time to go off to LA into a way bigger pond. It's not even a pond; it's an ocean. Mm. Uh, or go to New York and kind of start sharpening your. And I started telling myself, I'm like, well, I'm not exactly in like a you know a little town in Iowa. Yeah, you're town. not in Palatka. No, no hate to Palatka. No, I was a little hateful. I think. All right, it was a little. Hateful. Um, Sorry, Palatka. Shout out! I have a big fan base over there. You be careful. Um, <laughs> so. It's not like I'm in a small town in the middle of nowhere, you know. Um, I'm in Miami. I'm in, I'm in one of the biggest cities in the world, you know, So, uh, in the country. And so I told myself, I go, well, if, if this social media thing, I mean, I'm getting viewed as much as, as a, a, you know, a public broadcasting radio station. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, well, and I, and, and I own all that. That's mine. Mm. You know, TV stations, this and that. I mean, at one point, I remember it even started becoming like a bit of a of, of a of an issue. Hmm. You know, I would remember hearing radio and stuff like that, not really liking social media too much at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told myself, I mean, look, if I got Willie Chinino and and these people like acknowledging me, then I am being viewed in my town. I had a family. You know, I was you know I started a family here. You know, my 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 mom's here, my brother's here, like everything was here then am i just gonna uproot all that to kind of do the old traditional go to la and work a 
you know, no hate to that, you know, and I've debated doing that plenty of times, but, you know, a lot of those people end up being a waiter and waitress for a very long time before they cut. I can't afford that right now, you know, and at the time I, I really couldn't afford that. I just had a baby. Um, so I told myself, I said, dude, if you just maybe double down on this social media thing and keep hitting the traditional, which for me was stand up and, and radio and, and hit all those traditional, then maybe you could bring quote unquote LA and New York to you, you know? And so here we are. Our guest today is the comedian Mario Ramil. The characters in his sketches are inspired by his life in Miami from the Cuban doctor to the nosy neighbor. And I know that if you listen to, if you watch TV in Miami, you definitely recognize his voice uh, and you might recognize it from this commercial. Pollo Tropical is grilling up always fresh, never frozen, marinated churrasco steak. Get it sliced to order with fresh from scratch chimichurri. On a tropi chop, platter, and more. Things are heating up at Pollo Tropical. Oye, <laughs> I, they should send us a check right now because I'm hungry. Is, was that the move? Was that what WLRN's trying to do? They're trying to take my pollo spot? Shh, I'm sorry. Shh, I'm sorry. Shh, I'm sorry. So how did that happen? How, I mean, that's, that's a... That's a <laughs> That's a big one. By the way, really quick, I just want to give a shout out to the whole team back there. What an amazing team you got back here. Dude. Let's shout them out. Let's shout them out. This we guy got... has such an interesting, what a bad, can I say bad ASS? Uh, you just spelled it. It's fine. Oh, you could do that. Yeah, I guess. I guess we There's just little did. loopholes in everything, yes, huh? Yes, there are. What a bad ASS look That's you, right. you, you got back here. Richard dude. Ives, our engineer. And by night, he's a night rider bike dude, huh? Like a like a what's a hell angel? Yeah, I love it. Dude. Yeah, he's and, kicking down doors. And all the girls back here, our producers, we got Elisa Baena right there. Shout out to them, dude! It was awesome. Right behind her, Kate Payne, who's going to be sitting in for me in a couple days. I love it. Leslie O.I. Atkinson, who's got a baby and manages to like help produce this show. At I the love. Same she time. has a, oh yeah, that's right. She just sent me. She has a newborn. Yes. Shout out to uh, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, his name is Thomas, but aquí se Thomas, llama, Thomas. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. And what's his name? Uh, this is Richard Ives. Richard Ives. Shout out to you guys. And shout bro. out to your mom. You can't have a show like this without yeah. a team like that. Not so shout all. out to them. And shout out to my mom. It takes which, a she's she sleeping back there? Okay. Always, yeah, yeah. always so supportive. She's, res- she's responding to social media. Okay. So you mentioned a baby. Like I did. You're, you're, not only is your baby on social media already, This is who, which one is this one? <laughs> But you got two, right? I got Kylie, which is the the one that's going to take over. Yes. Kylie Isabel. That's my baby. That's my 10-year-old. Okay. She's about to be 10. And then I have Cody Rose. Which, Cody Rose. Two weeks. She's two weeks old on Monday. She turned two weeks on Monday. And Willie Chino commented, Ya viene llegando. When Vite that, eso. Right? Vite. Uh, no, you know, no, he I, didn't comment that. No, but he commented something else. Actually, he's right? a great guy. Shout out to Willie Chino. So, like, obviously... You, your uncle had an influence on you on being a jokester and what have you, and you're clearly having that influence on your kids because mm. your daughter is is hilarious. Like, I, there was a point where I was like, "Is she doing an accent? Like, is she doing an accent, or is that <laughs> so is that how man. she talks?" <laughs> She's so good. What is it like to see yeah. kind of that that passion kind of infect in a good way? I hope it's cool. You know why? Because I never really pushed. You know, it's it's like the the, the baseball dads. They're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, my kid's gonna be in the bowling." Dale Rui, hey, ice on the ball, and and you see them like he never made it to the Marlins, so his kid better make it to the Marlins, or else, or the Yankees or something. I kind of along the way, I would, you know, I would do videos and stuff like that, and she would sometimes be like, uh, you know, um, she'll be dancing or something. I'd be like, oh, I'd be funny, you know, if I record or whatever. And then she got to an age, you know, around three or four, where I would ask her, 
And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that frustrated dad that wants the kids to act. And mm-hmm. I'm like, do you want to do, a, do you want to do a video? And sometimes she would even tell me like, dad, dad, let's do a video. It'll be funny if I fall there and when, you know, whatever. And <laughs> she's so already drawing out the scene. She always, and she would make little jokes. She would get like fr- uh, uh, frijoles. She'll get like beans and she'll tell her mom because her mom's got her roaches. And she'll be like, mommy, mira, cucaracha. Mira, cucaracha. Oh, your, your, your wife yeah. is, uh, she's a sport. God bless her soul. Yeah. She has three of me now. Three versions of yeah. me. Oh God. I hope that the other one is, is she, is she, is she, is she also like a comedian or did she is, is she your straight man she's the straight man shout out to her she's, shout out to Kristen she's uh, the love of my life she puts up with me uh, many years now for many years now she's put up with me and she's great dude she's great she she's you know well, this is why that that piece is so important to to an entertainer because not everything is fun and rainbows and this and that and, and jokes because when when you do bomb and you do have a skit that didn't go well or you have a bad interview or you do something and people take it the wrong way and now they're they're bombarding you with negative comments mm. she's always been kind of the reset button for me to be like uh what was that no you're fine okay, I, okay. Be cool. I, I was like, like oh, no, signal no, no. Good, I'm losing it I okay. scratched my head and he freaked out and I was okay. like yeah no, no, I don't, I don't know fine. what kind of signals you guys give each other but um <laughs> it's like baseball signals it's like time knows twice <laughs> yeah exactly so she's been that for me. She's been that. She's been the straight guy. She's she's and and then sometimes she's she's a funny one too. She'll give me, you know, uh, you know, it'd be funny if you said this or whatever. Um, but she's been that for me. You know, on really bad nights, on on good nights, um, she's been there for me for this whole in this whole journey. So what what did it take? Because I mean, there's also a practical element too, right? Like, what did it take to finally make that jump and say, I this is the thing that I've been doing for fun. Or for you know, uh, it's a thing that I take some joy out mm. of. But now I'm gonna make a career out of it to do that. It's never been not that. Mm. I, the moment I f- realized you die, like when that set in mm-hmm. as a child, like oh we're not on this thing, we don't do this forever. Like eventually you tap out, then everything else is 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 fair game. Like okay, so you could you could be at your job, and I remember thinking this. I remember having this the realization at the state. I could be here for 30 years and get fired on my way to 31. Yeah. And then there goes that. Or I'd be here 15 years of my life. And then I remember on like my fifth or sixth, it was probably my fifth year, five years of giving your life and soul to this thing. I got like a what's that called? A little like a like a pin. Little pin. <laughs> oh. they dropped it off my desk. Oh, a pin, like, and it was like some lady hunched over, and she was, you know, her asthma was kicking in. She just kind of dropped it on here. If you made, you made, you made five years, and I go thank you, Olga, and wow. she just st- <laughs> slowly just died you on her way out. You just stared into the future there. That's it here. And I go, oh, this is five years, dude. This could be another 20, another five, another 10, another 15. So everything else for me just became fair game. I'm like, dude, all right, so I'll try stand-up. What if I fail? I'm back here again. I'll try acting. I'll try music. I don't I don't have that fear of failure in that sense. Well, I, I'll, but what did it take to get there? That's Not, not everybody can do that. What did, I mean, was there was there a moment where you did have that and there and you had to kind of get over that? Um... I, again, I, I I I never saw it as anything else. You know, I what am I? You know, 
what was I going to do, do, be a lawyer? I, I didn't care about law. You know, what was I going to be a cop? You know, I, I saw my options, really. And uh, none of those things really, really inspired me, you know. Right. Uh, it it didn't calm me, you know, like like comedy. It just always, it always came back to, and that's, and that's, that's, and that's a good message, right? Mm-hmm. You have this itch, right? Your doctor says it's, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it could be something crazy, right? But, but I'm Thank saying. Thank you for restraining yourself. I, got I saw you. it in your Dude, eyes. Oh I saw God. it in your eyes and you caught yourself and I, I appreciate it. I got it. you. I okay. got you. Um, but that itch, so many people ignore you know what I'm saying? Yep. So many people are like, yeah, I wanted to be a, 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 a designer, you know, interior designer, but man, I had a kid and, you know, I had to get a real job and I had to whatever. But but that thing is always, it never goes away. That mm-hmm. will never go away. And I, and I see it to this day. I'll, I'll talk to a, you know, a 60, 70 year old man and they'll be like, oh, you do comedy? Oh man, I've, you know, I've written so many jokes. I've just, I've never got on stage because this, this and that. Wow. And you could tell they had it. They had that itch, you know, and, and it just never goes away. And for me, it was like, I don't, if this is the one life that we get, because I don't know what happens next. My mother's right now freaking out because she's old Catholic. What do you mean? You don't know what happens next. Um, then I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and just go full speed with whatever I feel my purpose is. Right. You know, whether that's painting or music or or whatever it is for me it's more in the arts you know i wish i could answer you know answer problems and be some sort of physicist or do you though do you really dude i so cool have you seen oppenheimer i have not seen it yet yeah don't I do. spoil it for me well, <laughs> oh really uh i'm kidding <laughs> okay I'm kidding. so no no i know but um but yeah that would be cool too i wish i had an interest in in, in science and, and math and all that. or was it cooler to make the oppenheimer movie than that's, to be Oppenheimer? but see that's where my brain's at I'm looking at the act, and I'm looking at how he, how um, Cillian Murphy, I think his name is, how he got into character, how he had to lose the weight, the mannerisms, you know, um, all that, the psychology of it, I've always enjoyed. And you, and you're, I, I read that you are kind of at the beginning of working on films with uh, maybe making something with Ruben Rabassa. That's right. Who's a past, who's a past guest. Shout out. He was in this. Shout out to Ruben. He was in this Netflix series called, I think you should leave. And that got him like a, a spot in the, in the Marvel movie, he's great. you know, he's in, great. The, in the Ant-Man movie. Yeah. He's great. And uh, so what is it like to, to be able to create something like that? Like maybe you, t- and you're working with, with Vanessa Garcia, who's a super gifted playwright. Vanessa Garcia, yeah. Vicky Collado, Vicky um, uh, Gabe De Verona, is directing it. Uh, yeah, it's a great team. Ruben is starring in it alongside me, and 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 all of that came from me one day saying, you know, uh, this this state thing can't be forever, you know. So a decision I made eight years ago is now paying off because I stuck to it because I I, I leaned into it, you know. And it's never too late. That bull crap about you know ah, i should have started 20 years ago no i don't have, if, if you're still breathing try it out dude ronnie ronnie dangerfield was in his like late 50s in a bathrobe and when when he, when he went up there and he relaunches he completely revamped his career so i don't i don't that's me that's me though that's how my brain's wired i if you if you truly have a passion for it and and it's you feel deep down inside that's your thing that's your purpose that's what might make a little difference and maybe not a global difference. But if you can inspire someone within your own community, I know this sounds like a very Disney Channel 
original movie kind of kind of script that I'm I'm giving here, but I'm, I I truly believe it because I made those decisions. Then I am now reaping the benefits of that. You you're know? you're living the life. Uh, you're you're living what you want to be doing rather than sitting in an office getting your six year pain or your hundred percent. Listen, I pay for things now, and for the past five six years, I've been able to pay for th- everything I've bought. I've bought with funny money. It's what I call funny money. Fantastic. I pay my every, every I support my entire family <laughs> with funny money. That's inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. So how does how does your how does your family take to you know because there was I forget who's the great comedy writer I might have been Nora Ephron uh, who said that you know everything is copy mm-hmm. right like uh, hey listen if you're married into a into a funny family like you know that your life is going to end up being comedy at some point how do they receive that? Um. Uh, I, you know, my mom, my mom, who's, who's here, my girl at home, um, my uncle, my grandfather, rest, rest in peace. They all, my grandfather didn't see it too much. He, he passed away a little before I, I started getting popular, but there's a moment where maybe that it's cute. <laughs> you know, he's putting on wigs, he's dancing around, he's doing all these things, he's doing shows. That's cute. And then you do a show like one of my Magic City shows that there's, I don't know, 700 people. And all a, a good chunk of it was because I parodied my mom and I did this. And then, and then she sees that in real life. She, she walks into these shows and she sees these people reacting to me because, and they know her. And they know her. They see her and they go, the medium, you know. Um, I think they all, they... they it's 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 cool now. It's it's funny. It's fun, you know. It's it's. I I think they appreciate it, and and it lets you experiment. Like uh, recently, you started dabbling into a little music that sounds kind of like this. Nice. We got our glow sticks in here right now. Wow, dude. Vite. Wow, Bad Bunny just called me. He wants 20%. He wants 20%. Yeah. yeah. Listen, don't call us. Call this guy. <laughs> that was my remix of Bad Bunny, Me Puerto Bonita. Bonito. And uh, yeah, so thank you for playing that. And when he wants to hit you uh, with with that lawsuit, where do they find? Where do the people find you on Instagram? You, I'm protected by Spotify and the rest of those uh, those apps, uh, ASCAP and all that. Um, you can find it at the Ramil Company. Ramil spelled R-A-M-I-L. And yeah, that's my musical project, man. And where do people find more information about you and your work and your comedy? What's the best place to send them? I got a website, uh, MarioRamil.com. MarioRamil.com. But everyone's on social media. So you just, Mario Ramil anything. Mario Ramil Instagram, Mario Ramil Facebook, Mario Ramil YouTube. That'll um, get you there. That'll get you there. Mario, thanks so much for coming in and spending a whole hour with oh, us, dude, man. That was, well, that was an hour. Wow. Beat it. It goes by fast. I got lost in your eyes. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. I appreciate this so much, man. Thanks to the, to the whole team. It's my pleasure, man. Our guest today was the comedian Mario Ramil. He's a comedian, an actor, full-time dad, and his characters are inspired by his life in Miami. And that's Sundial for Tuesday, August 29th. Leslie O.I. Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. 
Peter J. Merch is WLRN's VP of Radio, and Richard Ives engineered our board. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at gopalo.com. If you missed any part of this podcast, you can download it. Just search for WLRN Sundial on your favorite podcast app. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Short Stories That Bloom. When the Hibiscus Falls is a newest story collection from M. Evelina Galang. She's an award-winning Filipina-American writer based in Miami. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only. WLRN Public Media.